Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor Mark Kelleroff. I called it. I called he it. Called it. <laughs> he called it. He called it. Yeah, we're, and we're going to get into what it is and what exactly got called. Also with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill. I also called it. What it is, I have no idea. But later when I'm saying something on this show, I'll say, yeah, I called that. We're all about... <laughs> We're all about yes and here on this podcast. Uh, Mark, of course, is referring to the fact that there was, in fact, a Sonic Frontiers official story trailer that <laughs> released uh, uh, today at the time of recording. There was a Gamescom trailer. Sonic Frontiers. We're, this is the Sonic Frontiers segment of the of the podcast. Our dedicated. Cameron, I'm uh, just gonna I'm just gonna flat out say it. No matter if this game is a masterpiece, if it's dog shit, of course, leave it to Sega. To release the day before God of War, Pokemon, mm. and, and uh, not Assassin's Creed, whatever Ubisoft's new pirate game is, slapped in between all of those. Only Incredible. they can pull that off. It is, uh, it is a, it is a big, a galaxy brain level move mm-hmm. to uh, to release Sonic Frontiers in the middle of all of that. That said, listen, we've been dunking on this game for a year, or however long ago it got announced. This trailer, I will, I'll just, I'll just say it. It was good. This was, was a good trailer. Really good. It got me yeah. hyped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gameplay actually looks fun and interesting. I mean, again, it, uh, maybe that's the difference between a, a, a trailer that's a minute and 40 seconds versus a trailer that's, you know, like a 10-minute IGN gameplay segment. Like, maybe that's the difference. Um, but it looks fun. Like, it looks fast-paced. The, this, the jumping and platforming stuff looked legit. There was, like, some cool shifts in perspective where at one point that the the map shifts to a 2d plane like there was some cool stuff going on in this in this trailer i thought mm-hmm. um there's a weird anime boy who shows up uh there was an extremely <laughs> uh, how do we all feel about the the very like it, it feels like a like a gritty reboot line of you can't run forever sonic like <laughs> never good <laughs> oh my god i I, I, like, rolled my eyes, but also I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, what is a Sonic game without just unnecessarily over-the-top cringe lines like that? And that's just can't what run makes forever. it amazing. You can't yeah. run forever, Sonic. Death comes for us all, especially oh in the world of Sonic. Uh, particularly in the world of Sonic. Uh, uh, we saw Amy Rose uh, trapped in some kind of a weird digital cage thingy like yeah, that what? that segment was weird to me because firstly sonic ran up to it and said is that amy when it was very clearly amy so i don't know <laughs> what's wrong with his vision maybe the island cast a curse on his eyesight or something or he just ah. hates amy so much he forgot what she looks like uh but likewise i don't even know like 
why he's so dedicated to saving her like this because this isn't like the whole the whole crux of their relationship that she's really annoying and stuff like why is he go why is she like the damn <laughs> to be fair stars? cameron yeah. didn't he leave her on a boat that was like about to explode in sonic adventure 2 yeah hey, you're asking me i, got, I have no <laughs> idea you should ask I... me and the answer is yes <laughs> awesome yeah uh, so that is it is a pretty pretty rude of him to uh, to forget that. Although who knows, maybe this game is is establishing its own canon, which would be quite the move if this Sonic game was like we're wiping the canon, we're making our own canon. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, that's it's good. Yeah, just I'm gonna do go. It. Yeah, let's dude. just do the it. Sonic, <laughs> the Sonic multiverse theory. Yeah, this is oh, like man. the fifth reboot in the past ten years, and I'm yeah. all for it because. Well, I, are they we need are it. they <laughs> are they billing it as a reboot? I have no idea. It'll probably be, I mean, I after mean, is... the last few... Oh, wait, no, Forces went back to that regular style. I was thinking yeah. of... Uh, what's the one where he has, like, the scarf and bandages? Which one is that? Oh, you're Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom. Yeah, that one. Uh, we that was good. <laughs> we talk about the show Sonic Boom, which was fantastic, but we don't talk about the Wii U game. Although the 3DS game, from what I've heard, was actually pretty decent. And that one had a sequel, didn't it? It did, yes, that... I can totally remember the name of. I'm just not going to say it, though. If you vomit once, there's always an aftershock. Just happens. <laughs> <laughs> that oh is very gosh. true, yes. It's very funny. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, I know all of us have had... Sort of, listen, it's been a, it has been a roller coaster uh, trying to talk about Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> we're up, we're down, we hate it, we love it, we're disappointed, we're enthusiastic. Like, I know it's it's kind of a bit at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. This but one this, looks I, fine, though. This one this, looks fine. Yeah, I agree. This trailer looked legitimately fine. But um, that could have yeah. been the way it's edited. I'm saying, because, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't trust I, it. I, I don't know if y'all remember, <laughs> but before we had that IGN first wonderful 10 minute deep dive that we all loved so much uh sonic posted a or sega posted a uh 30 second no, sonic posted play. it yeah sonic himself on his uh, uh twitter account you know yeah he posted a 30 second gameplay snippet from sonic frontiers and that was significantly better than any of the 10 minute deep dives that ign posted right so we could certainly be seeing something like that here however as much as that may be likely I just want to hold on to hope for just a little second. My disillusioned, my heartbroken Sonic fan just wants to hold on to a mm-hmm. shred of hope because this trailer gave us like everything you want out of a Sonic trailer, honestly. It showed off the huge new world, all those cool new 2D-esque or Sonic Adventure-esque levels, the boost mechanics, uh, edgy story. Like It gave you so much. The only thing that was missing was like some good old-fashioned Crush 40 butt rock. You know, like the music was okay in this trailer, but we didn't have like over the top uh, heavy metal or anything going. Yeah, into well, it. and I think they're I think they're deliberately not including that. Like I imagine that music will kick in during like some hype moments, uh, but it feels hope. as though they are deliberately. I imagine not. it won't. Because, <laughs> you don't like, think so? Remember, remember during one no. of those the boss battle that they showed in one of the IGN gameplay trailers? Like it was just like ambient piano music while mm. you're attacking this giant colossus. That would have been pretty epic if it weren't for just some random dude in the corner just tinkling around in his piano. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, no I listen. I, I feel like that's such an established part of of 3D Sonic. Like they're they're gonna have some kind of reference to it, or like maybe like like the opening credits or something. Like there's got to be some kind of like crazy rock and roll uh, uh, moment in in Sonic Frontiers. I would or, be shocked if that didn't happen. Or, or I'm just gonna call it right now. 
Sonic team has no idea what they're doing. Oh, and they looked at Breath of the Wild and they went, wow, Zelda fantasy scores everywhere because the big epic scores that they always do. But they discounted everything else that there was. So yeah. instead yeah. of going that direction, they were like, look at Breath of the Wild with all the piano music, and now I, they're doing that for Sonic. Exactly I what was, we talked about before. You yeah. know, they yeah. took all the wrong lessons from Breath of the Wild, it looks like. Uh, and, and including the uh, including there is there are Koroks in this game, apparently. Um, my question is just why, when oh, Chows boy. are literally sitting in front of you. Just like, use the Chows. Yeah, use the Chows. They're criminally underused in yeah. the Sonic series. In yeah. fact, so listen, here's a, here's a crazy idea. Bring back chow garden yeah they should (laughs) how about they make that into its own game and then make the dlc the rest of the sonic game honestly i would buy the heck out of that the hilarious thing is that yuji naka has actually confirmed confirmed or not yuji naka but whoever was working on this game has confirmed that there will not be a chow garden in this game oh just just like why would you literally just say that in an interview, like no, this fan favorite feature, no, we're not. Including uh, uh, Campbell, it's a new marketing strategy where they're trying to to trash the product and make it less <laughs> hype. Um, listen, I'm a marketing great. specialist in my free time, and let me tell you, this this uh, this new strategy will not work. Uh, gotcha. What a, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like an easy win to to try to implement that, but I don't know. It's what a fascinating game. Like, I'm really curious to see what happens when this game finally comes out. Like, the reviews come and go. And, like, what's going to be, like, the legacy of this game? Is it going to be, like, Not very good. <laughs> You think so? I think it's going to be, like, one of those quickly forgotten Sonic games. Is it going to be one of those, oh, like... Oh, boy. Or is it, you think it's literally... going to be, like, a Sonic 06 level disaster? I, I feel like this is Groundhog's Day, this franchise. I, mm. I feel like everyone had these same conversations with every single other game mm-hmm. <laughs> that looked ambitious. First, it was a CGI trailer. Then it was a gameplay demo that looked all right. It could use some improvement. And then the developers started talking about how they're not delaying it or they're not doing this direction. And then we had more trailers and people still had hope. But then, as all goes with all Sonic games, your hope will be crushed and destroyed beneath mm-hmm. Sega's boot. You know, this is one That's of those just what happens. I, this is one of those times where I wish that we had a video podcast just so we could like have a a, a cutout or a print <laughs> of the Sonic cycle and we could just point to it every time we talked about this game being like Yeah, we're like 80% cycle. through the stage, the cycle, yeah. yeah I the think game we're at comes the 80%, in yeah. 3 months, you mm-hmm. know. We're at the hope cycle, but people mm-hmm. are going to start realizing that uh Hope will die in the oh next few weeks. It will, uh, it will all come crashing down that in should, a matter of weeks. That should be the tagline. Sonic Frontiers, hope will die. Oh Your my dreams God. are nothing. Yeah. I want I want the Sonic games to be good, but I they just keep <laughs> screwing it up. Look at it. Everything else at Sega is thriving. Well, almost everything, but for the most part, if you look at, like, look at Yakuza, look at, you know, look at Persona right. and Soul right, Hackers right. and Shimagami Tensei. It's well, like the difference is three of those franchises there. you listed well, are not Atlas, developed by, yeah. all of those franchises are not developed by Sonic Team. Yeah, so, well, that's the know, problem. Sonic exactly. Team just has got to go. <laughs> Something's yeah. got to happen. Have Atlas develop a Sonic game and just see how that, that would rule, out. actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I Sonic... hope this game is good, but I, I just really don't think it will yeah. be. Well, it's, I, it's, I think it's, it's going to be the butt end of a massive joke where yeah. it came out the day before God of War, yeah. and then that was it. It had two hours of fame upon launch, and after that, everyone forgot literally on the next day. Yeah, That's how I, I mean, think it will go. Because that's the other part of it, too, is that like 
uh, we, you know, we're talking about God of War, we're talking about all these, all these other huge games. It's like, not only is this game going to come out, it's like, how is it going to perform on the Switch? Yeah. Oh, you know? that's the like, biggest Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Just, that's that's the other factor. That. The, like, the Nintendo factor is also a huge part of it. Like, mm-hmm. like that trailer looked awesome. Was that mm-hmm. trailer recorded from a Switch? Absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no way it's going to, it's going to, I don't know, it's going to chug. Mm-hmm. It's going to chug. It's going to look bad. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's hard. Hard to say. Like, I don't think I, the performance will be too awful. Based I don't on think it'll be their track record. Be, like, yeah. Guys, it's an open world game on the Switch. That's what I'm saying. Built in 2022. Yeah, but we like, just have Xenoblade Chronicles be, 3. This is not developed by Monolith Soft. We yeah. all know that Monolith Soft is exclusively staffed by technical wizards. Uh, we don't have that at Sonic Team. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, but again, they should after the millions of dollars they make per title. Exactly, and, and that's and, and, and that's audience on Switch. And that's the craziest part is this game is going to make a gajillion dollars. Like, obviously, everybody's going to like. I don't know. It's it's still going to make so it's much funny, money. It's know? funny that you say that because I saw a thread before of a bunch of Sonic fans trying to be like, "Oh, the Forces game sold like over." It was like 15 million copies or something. And I was like, that can't be right. And I started looking at the comments and the 15 million number is coming from a financial report where Sega like grouped it together with like a Yakuza game and something from Atlas. So I was like, that was definitely the least selling one. Sonic Forces. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I still think this game is going to do... It's gonna yeah, do it'll do, it'll it'll do, do yeah, it'll do fine. I mean, if yeah. they've survived through all these bombs constantly left and right, you know, they'll be fine. They'll continue, but uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think they'll learn their lesson. I think the cycle. Well, gonna it, I mean, keep it, going. it depends. It depends how the game is received and like what's the takeaway. Like we, we don't. There's no lessons to be learned yet. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the reception Whoa. hasn't yeah. come out. And you know yeah. what, Cameron? I'll tell you. The question of what will this game's legacy be, no matter whether it's good or bad, I can guarantee you this: its legacy will be in the memes. This is Sonic. So, yeah, it'll be in the, the memes. memes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Do it for the memes. Listen, uh, you can't run forever is already a meme. Like, I think it's, you know what I mean. Like, this is already the the highlight of the Gamescom show. Um, what were the other announcements you guys were excited about from Gamescom? Moving out to moving out to looks excellent. I love that first game. Can't wait to play the second one. Those games are awesome. Moving out. What's the other one? Uh, uh, Overcooked. Like all those games where you're like, it's like chaotic. Everyone thinks, yeah, everyone thinks those are by the same developers, but they're not. They're Completely not. But I'm saying games. the same style. Yeah. Same style. Yeah, same style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're always fun to play. Yeah. Super fun. So yeah, moving out too. It's exciting. Uh, we've got an announcement date for a release date rather for uh, Return to Monkey Island, mm-hmm. which um, I really, oh, man, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I would love for them to bundle the original Monkey Island game on Switch. Um, just because, like, I've actually never played those those first uh, those first Mo- Secret of Monkey Island or, or any of those. Like, I've never actually played those. Um, played a lot of point-and-click adventures, never played Monkey Island, which is kind of like the er example of of that genre. Um, I, w- I would be excited. I'd be interested in, uh, in checking out the kind of reboot slash sequel. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to get my hands on the first one first. So that's coming out September 19th, I want to say. Is that yes, I believe that so. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And any other um, hype announcements from from Gamescom? I like it's 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 such a weird show. Um, like I, obviously they're announcing a ton, not announcing, but like showing trailers for stuff. It's not coming out to like 2023, 2024. It's like it's such an odd 
like half E3 kind of thing. Like it's it's very strange. Um, I mean, I was not pretty... a lot of Nintendo focused stuff. I would say. Right. I was pretty excited to see that uh, a game called Dorf Romantic, which is just an absolutely amazing title, um, is coming to Switch, and that is what's it called? What's it called? Dorf Romantic. And Dorf Romantic. Dorf Romantic, and Romantic is spelled with a K. It's all one word. It's German. Um, ah. And what's cool about it is it's like a grid-based city builder with just the most serene. Uh, uh isometric perspective and vibe mm. to it it just looks beautiful i've written about it in a few indie game spotlights and it's the kind of thing that always wow Campbell, way, to, way to take the opportunity and plug your own I was work gonna say, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know hey, in case you were wondering if you want to learn a little more about this game go to goombastump.com search indie uh-huh. game spotlight dwarf romantic now um, we're talking yeah, and you'll see a wonderful little gif of it, so you can see the amazing vibes that I'm talking about with it. Um, but yeah, it's the kind of game that just always surprised me that it wasn't on Switch, because it just looks so perfect for it. It's been on PC for a while, it's gotten rave reviews, thousands and thousands of rave reviews on there. So delightful to see that it is coming out to Switch, and pretty soon, I think it is also uh, slated for September. So, looking forward to that. And that was like the only other eye-catching announcement from Gamescom. Yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. I, I I didn't watch the show. Um, I didn't I watch. Didn't I, 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 yeah, right. It's like I'm, I've been at work. Um, it, and at the end of the day, it's it's a bunch of trailers that like you can watch that and on your own time. And Jeff um, Keeley, don't forget Jeff Keeley. We do our have boy, a recap boy, of the show up on the website from there James. You yep. There the you the go. top wow. ten best announcements, which. I didn't even know there was 10 announcements. I was going to say, that's a pretty good job to bring 10 announcements yeah. out of that. That's I mean, I funny. hope that Hideo Kojima's new podcast, podcast is on there. One. Like, that's obviously the best announcement. What is that, what is that guy even going to talk about on his podcast? You never know with him. Like, the book we talked about, how it ended up being about how technology impacted him and different books and stuff and changes perception of life. You never know what that guy's going to pull out. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a, 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 a towering figure in the games industry. Um, we could probably wrap this little first section up here. Um, Sonic Frontiers, obviously, will attempt to withhold judgment until this game comes out, while still providing some snarky commentary along the way. Uh, stay tuned, we'll be right back, and Mark and Campbell are going to talk about Cursed to Golf, which they've been playing, so hang tight. We shall return. that in uh we're back we're back we're gonna talk about cursed to golf which is a game that i know nothing about um 
Campbell and Mark, I'm going to let you guys take it away. I might interject with some questions, but because I, I know I know literally nothing about this mm-hmm. game other than apparently it's somewhat popular, like a, like one of those popular indie games is kind of um, kind of broken out a little bit. So why, why don't you guys uh, take it away? Tell me a little bit about Curse to Golf. Yes, this is the golf of Hades. It quite literally is in more oh. ways than one. Okay, it's, you're gonna have to. I need to. I need to have qualifiers for that. Go for it. Basically, the premise is you are the world's greatest golfer. You're a champion, and you're playing your championship game. You're like one strike away from winning it all, and then you die horrifically, violently. Um, <laughs> I should also mention this is an adorable, cartoony, pixelated game. But you get struck by lightning, you die. The earth opens up, and now you literally have to golf your way out of hell. Or purgatory, perhaps. Uh, And that's just the premise of the game. (laughs) And it's just delightful, though, how um, this premise, it's not just how you have to golf your way out, but it's also a roguelike as well. So you have to golf your way out of these various um, environments, these levels, these obstacles that you have Mm -hmm. along the way. 18 holes. 18 holes. We'll get to the the nature of the 18 holes, perhaps. (laughs) But um, after you have to go way through that. If you fail, you go back to the very beginning. And that's that's just basically the structure of it. Mark, I don't know if you have any thoughts you want to add on to that. Yeah, what I like about the game is how it incorporates the different golf clubs into it. Because mm-hmm. at first I thought it was going to go in like a complete fantasy direction. It was going to do ridiculous stuff. And it does with like its ace card system, which allows you to use like special abilities where the golf ball will turn into like a rocket or like mm-hmm. you'll be able to replay a shot or go back to a previous shot. But everything, it's very... Um, faithful to like a golf tournament in a sense where you don't want to actually go over par and if you do mm-hmm. you're sent back to the beginning of the game which is something i really like about it because you have to literally make five moves to complete the course but then it's like there's these little statues along the way and it'll get you more turns or you can use an ace card and you'll be able to get more turns so the goal is to essentially not only do you have to focus on not going over par but you have to ensure that you don't run out of strokes because if you do, mm-hmm. you're going to be playing from hole one again. And this game can get very difficult. It can get extremely difficult. But I think the most important thing we haven't touched on yet is that throughout all of this, you are guided along by a massive green gregarious Scottish ghost known only yes. as the Scotsman. And I love him. I would die for him. Um, and he also has this incredible Scottish bagpipes uh, synth core theme that's just excellent. Yeah, the so. soundtrack of the whole title is just excellent, especially the boss battles. The way they oh um, redo each track to make them more like upbeat and stuff is just, it's just so good. But you said you had some criticisms for this game, which I'm kind of interested in because yeah. I feel like this game doesn't have a lot wrong with it until you actually beat it. Hmm. Actually, hold on. Before Campbell, yes, Campbell, shut up. Campbell, <laughs> shut the fuck up for two seconds and let me break in here. Um, no, um, yes. can we talk a little bit more about like, like, okay, I hate golf. I hate golf. <laughs> I hate golf so much. It's crazy. What is like the playing of this game like? Is it is 2D. it like, is it's it 2D. it's a two D game? 
Mm-hmm. So that makes me think of like Angry Birds. Like, what? Like, what are we? Like, honestly, is that, like, is that actually, yeah? Like, not honestly, not a bad comparison. Yeah, interesting. Not, not too bad I of a comparison. Say, I would say that the mechanics are basically like every other golf game out there. Like, say Mario Golf. There's example. like a power meter. Yeah, there's a thing. power meter, mm-hmm. and you have to select how powerful your stroke is going to be. And, and you can and see then, where the shots going. Exactly. And stuff like there's that. a little yeah. line that goes up and down to choose where you 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 strike. And that's the basics of it. And you have the three different um, golf clubs. Golf clubs. There you go. For some yeah. reason, I was like mallets. Uh, that's not the term. <laughs> As you can it's tell, not I am cro- a professional. It's not croquette, uh, Campbell. <laughs> I am a professional golfsman, as you can Yeah, tell. golfsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you have three different golf clubs you can use. You've got the iron, you've got the wedge, and you've got the uh, the driver. Yes. The, dri- the driver has the, the longest... The Adam driver. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It has the longest range, but you can't, can't get as much height with it. The wedge can help you get out of, like, sand dunes, and the iron is, like, a nice midpoint between them. And you can... Now I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. I have one major criticism about this. Uh-oh. There's oh, one I was thinking of. So Why on. is there no putter so if i'm if i'm an inch in front of the stupid the the flag i have to make the most precise shot possible because if i accidentally hop over it then i'm starting the entire game again and that happened to me when i was on like the six hole Mm -hmm. which is an hour down the drain exactly and you are I could not agree more with you, Mark. This isn't the main criticism I was alluding to. We'll get to that, building up the anticipation. But that was also an issue I have with the game where it really, it just kind of screws you over when you just want to make a minute adjustment. You know, like there were many occasions where not necessarily I wasn't at the hole, but there were times where I just wanted to kind of putt the golf ball over just a, a little bit, just a yeah. little bit over a ledge or something. Like there's, for example, there are a lot of instances where there's like dynamite that's plugging up a hole. You blow up the dynamite and now there's like a shortcut and say if i'm right next to it and it's like a precision shot to just get the golf ball to slip in there nine times out of ten you're kind of screwed because you'll end up overshooting it unless you have like really deft skills with one of your ace cards but then even those wow. are easy to uh use mess up, up. Yeah. Exactly. exactly it's a very so a... it's a very tactical game where it, every single move you make really does matter mm-hmm. because if you waste one single stroke you can literally screw yourself the entire game yeah that's wow. entirely true so so how we... is sorry mm-hmm. how is progression like do you are you score you ranked on levels like what like how do you progress through this game you have so, 18 holes in total okay it's so like yeah. traditional golf mm-hmm. okay but is and, it like are you trying to you're obviously you're trying to be, you're trying to uh, get under par finish yeah when you finish all 18 holes that's when you beat the game and there's like there's three boss battles um i won't say who they are and stuff because they're actually really good but uh there's three bosses that you face where you have to like race them to the uh the end but you like take turns with doing your strokes so it's a matter of just like getting ahead of them and there's like statues that can like paralyze them for a turn but they have like superpower precise hits so it's just like like the first boss it's not Screw even a spoiler but boss. you have to yeah, you have to go boss. up against the scotsman for fun he just wants to play against you to test your skill and he finishes the course in like 14 strokes which can be ridiculous if you're not skilled enough yet at the game and since that's on the fifth or sixth hole no the fifth hole it's at the fifth hole yeah Yeah, the fifth hole if you lose the boss you don't get to try again after learning what to do it's called you go back to the first hole 
and you got to get all the way back there again. Wow. And that is exactly what my issue with this game is. It is charming. It's delightful. It's creative. It's silly. There's so much I love about it. It's strategic. It's engaging. And I absolutely hate that it's a roguelike. (laughs) (laughs) This is the kind of game there is no good reason for this kind of game to be a roguelike because think about what the best roguelikes are think about hades or dead cells like these are fast-paced action-packed games that are all about reflexes making the most of your arsenal you know fighting a whole bunch of enemies really again fast-paced campbell i don't don't mean to sorry campbell i don't mean to interrupt you i don't know if we can say um arsenal on this show we can't Uh, oh dear (laughs) (laughs) our british audience might be a bit offended anyway terrible joke continue i apologize so terrible that's okay you know uh, get your arsenal off of my little rant here but uh <laughs> but you see that's what those those games are suit themselves very well to the roguelike format because it's like arcade pace addictive let me just give it one more run curse to golf is by its very nature like golf a pretty slow paced game it's strategic each hole can take you anywhere from like say five minutes if you do it if it's you know a really easy one to anywhere like 20 or 30 minutes if it's really complicated and you end up in a tight spot and just to get to the end of the game it could take you like four hours or so to (laughs) get to the very end which is ridiculous And and if you fail on the final hole you go all the way back to the beginning that's excruciating this is at its core not an action game it's not an explore explore game it's a puzzle game it's a strategy game and i think the idea of a roguelike puzzle game is just a recipe for frustration personally so I and that's so much that's actually what itself. i love about it really oh, yeah wow. i actually really like that it's different from all the other roguelites that i played or mm. roguelikes not roguelites but um <laughs> it's it you know after i was actually i was playing hades recently and it's such like a fast-paced action game and it's so weird to take this genre and put in something that's so slow paced where i could take Mm. my time thinking about every move and it honestly felt (laughs) it's funny i felt like more pressure but less pressure at the same time with what i was doing and i guess that's a compliment to the game how just strategic it is and how articulated the golf um how how you know how it just takes in golf as a sport and it utilizes everything about the sport which i really appreciate about it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i can totally get that point i think we're looking at it from two different angles here whether it's a puzzle that's a roguelike or a roguelike that's a puzzle game Mm-hmm. and i i see it first as a puzzle game and then throwing the roguelike format on it arbitrarily to me at least that takes what is at its core a super solid puzzler a great strategy game and adds an unnecessary layer of stress onto it where it's like not only do i have to, a limited amount of tries to complete this hole but if i fail i'm going all the way back to the beginning and then i have to go through it again and again and again mm-hmm. and it doesn't really I... have that level of progression at least not that i experience where say <laughs> hades you get these there, really cool weapons that yeah so there is there is like a progression system where but you only unlock those abilities once you beat the bosses exactly okay. so that's the big problem with it first of all but the other thing is that the banking with the card system i, I feel like it's just like it's too late into your run to get it to really start utilizing it unless you're like having trouble with the end of the game but you're able to breeze through the rest of it if you really master it 
So it's like weird. There's like these mechanics in place that make you better at the game. The whole thing is just frustrating. <laughs> like the whole game is constant stress. But mm-hmm. it was never something that I wanted to like put down and turn off and never play again. You know, I always, just like Hades, I just wanted to get back in there. And I knew that I was going to do better on my next run. And even when I didn't, I felt like I kept learning the mechanics and I was able to do better. Yeah, that's 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 roguelikes. Um, and this genre has been, you know, indies have been just revitalizing it left and right for the last year. 100%. Like, look at Shovel Knight, you know, Shovel Knight Dig, where that was like part roguelike and puzzler. Part weird, weird uh, yeah. calling block puzzle game. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Right. So 100%. I was thinking about that game, and I was like, it was just so innovative on mm-hmm. the genre. At least I felt it was. And I feel oh, the same no, way with Curse yeah. of Golf, where it's, you don't, see a slow-paced roguelike it's always like action whether it's like oh my god what was that one i played with um <laughs> who's the voice in that game i think it was like ron burgundy or something played the main character I, it I was highly um, doubt will ferrell voiced an indie video game but no, I'll, I'll, didn't I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> shit what was his <sighs> West for Dead. Who? I gotta look this up. West for Dead. West for Dead. Are you referring to? Uh, oh God! Wait, I know the game you're talking about. Wait, I gotta. I, I remember. Ron Perlman. <laughs> West of West Ron, of Loathing. West West for Dead. Ron West Perlman. For dead. That's actually yeah. damn. Hellboy. Hellboy. He was the main character. I don't know why I said Ron Burgundy. But uh, Ron Ron Burgundy, close enough. But like when I play games like, yeah, when I play games like that, it's like that game was so boring. Like it's like every other roguelike. It's like it's in this dark dungeon and you're slowly making your way up and it's like whatever. But then I'm seeing all these new games in the genre that are really starting to get me interested, whether it's Hades with the, you know, the mythologies inspiring it or Shovel Knight Dig where it's like a puzzle game or even Curse to Golf where it's now... Instead of being rapid fire, just running through, it's like you know you really gotta take your time. Oh sure, yeah, that's that that is unusual, I think, for this genre because it usually prioritizes like the feeling of getting right back into the next round, you mm-hmm. know, or the next run. Like you want to restart the next round, but it's like yeah, it's a very acquired golf. taste. If you like yeah. golf games, you'll probably really enjoy this. But if you don't like golf games, then I have a feeling this just like isn't for you. Right. For me, at least, it's a question of, and this is why I always think whenever it comes to a roguelike, because there's so many roguelikes on the market, you have to ask, does this format add anything to the game? Does it add anything for you to lose all of your progress whenever you whenever you lose a round, right? In games like Hades or Shovel Knight Dig, I'd argue that it does. I wouldn't say that. I yeah, I wouldn't. Like that for, yeah, it for definitely doesn't. Yeah. It's just kind of like an art. That's the thing that really gets it for me. It's an arbitrary change to the formula. Whereas I think that just, that all it does is just pad the length of the game. Yeah, it adds an element of stress, but I would argue that's not really necessary for a puzzle game such as this. Mm-hmm. I think it Although would be much I, better I do like the a idea. Concise, a concise four-hour game, I think it would be much better off as that that's yeah it. although i do like the idea that um well like golf if you screw up in one hole you know there's like there's no turning back you know mm-hmm. it's there's so that, and yeah. this is like a champion trying to make a perfect run like what he would do in the real world so i kind of like the concept there of it with the stories doing but uh, the dialogue in the game is also pretty funny but yeah it's definitely it's not <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not a necessary addition, this genre on it. And I do wish there was a mode that would just let me, like, continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can say that that's... about any other roguelike, you know? I wish well, I could respond in because, and... Yeah, it's tricky because, like, do you... Do, I don't know. Like, Campbell, I'm... I don't know. Does this kind of fit in with your criticism? Does what exactly fit in with my criticism? D- does this Mark's does Mark's critique kind of match your own? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Like yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't really add anything to it. If we could just continue continue from wherever I failed and treat it as though it's a standard linear, you know, three four hour game, I think it would be much better off like that because at least it would be concise. It would uh, succinctly achieve what it's trying to do. All I, all that I think that the roguelike formula is doing, aside from the narrative reasons that Mark outlined, which are totally valid, but I think all it practically does is just pad the length of the game, which I'm not really a big fan of padding in games, really. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not always a fan, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. yeah. For this case, I, I do wish it was like just a four-hour solid game. But then if it was, I feel like that would rip the specialty from it. I'd feel like we'd be like, it's just another golf game with like, pretty good mechanics you know yeah it's tough it's i think the thing that really the more i think about it the thing that really gets me about the format is not just that it's a roguelike but also that each hole can be really long (laughs) yeah that's the big problem it's all like auto not auto generated but there's like all different courses that you can experience for each hole which is a problem because you can end up with a short one or you can end up with one that could require like 14 strokes to complete. Exactly. Like it gives you a limit of five strokes by default. And like 90% of the time you're going to need more than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's the, that's probably the biggest issue. The fact that you have no idea how long each hole is going to be and mm-hmm. that it's randomly generated. Sometimes they're really long and they don't feel like exciting or challenging. They're just kind of a slog. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, we're being really hard on the game. It is at its <laughs> core. I know I've, I've I've had a lot of criticisms for it, but the concept, totally agree with you, Mark. It's a golden concept. The way it's executed, everything, aside from, you know, the roguelike format, I do love the idea of it. The vibes are amazing. The mechanics, the ace cards, there is a lot to love about it. So if you do like the roguelike genre and golf, like, this is kind of like a match made in heaven for you. Yeah, it's just one of those games that feels like it could use some like accessibility options. And again, mm-hmm. something where it's like you can go back to the beginning or you could just try again or it, it could use stuff oh, like sure. that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A lot a lot of um and a putter. It needs a putter. Like just <laughs> please. Like how does this game putter in there? Yeah. That's like the one golf club. How could you not have in a game like this? I can't believe it's not putter. But yeah. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, gentlemen, any other thoughts on uh, Curse to Golf? Who, who wrote about this for the website? Was that you, Campbell? It's no, Mark. I'm writing about it. Oh, yeah. Mark's writing. I'm not, okay, I'm not done with my review yet, as Got I haven't it. actually been able to finish the game. Sure. Because it is really hard. I'm going to try again tonight. But, um, awesome. It's, so, it's really good. I really like it. And it's a very different concept. And I'm not usually... You guys know me. I'm not really into playing too many roguelikes. But this one really right. grabbed my attention. Awesome. Well, listen, if it, so it sounds like even for the casual uh, roguelike player, they might find something to enjoy here. If you're a, if you're a golf fan, it might be novel enough to, to, to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the, I guess in the future, look out for Mark's coverage um, on this game. 
And uh, anything else, gentlemen, we got to say before we uh, move on to the next little segment here? If anything else, just listen to the music. Just yes, the fair music enough. Is <laughs> Soundtracks, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, we'll take that. Godlike music, I'll take that. I always love that. Um, all right, so we're going to take one more little break. We're going to come back uh, with kind of an existential question. Uh, so stay tuned and we'll be right back. to start this recording and by interesting i mean it's a piece of readily available information that we somehow missed uh they're, they're doing a nintendo treehouse live uh, thir- uh thursday, yeah, thursday of this week mm-hmm. so that'll be uh, at the time of this recording two days after uh us recording uh they're gonna be focusing on splatoon 3 as well as harvestella uh, anything else they were focusing on no, i think it was all. just those two things yeah um, and Campbell kind of tossed this out nonchalantly. I don't think you meant it to be a topic, but here we are. What's even the point of Nintendo Treehouse Lives? And uh, I guess I guess that's the question we are posing for 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 the other hosts here, as well as our listeners. Uh, are they are the do these Nintendo Treehouse uh, presentations matter in this day and age? Like I feel like this is stuff we've talked about before. But how do we, what do we think about the the continuing Treehouse Lives? Like, I guess it makes sense after an E3 presentation to get, like, a little bit more of an in-depth look at a game. But when it's a, a random, like, okay, Splatoon 3 is coming out imminently, like, very soon. So it kind of feels, I don't know, to me, like, there's no point to have a an in-depth yeah. gameplay There is none if people are about to get their hands on it, too, with, like, a splat test. That's so, what I'm exactly. saying. So, like, I guess, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys take it away. Do Nintendo Treehouse presentations matter anymore? No. Not at this point, no. <laughs> because here's the thing, Cameron. You, you said it perfectly just a second ago. After E3 presentations, during E3 week... I think that the Treehouse Lives are wonderful. Like, I always love each year back when we had an actual E3, you know, you tune into the Nintendo Direct, and then for the next two or three days, you have just nonstop Nintendo Treehouse Live presentations giving deep dives into all the cool games that were shown off. Like, those are instances where I think that the Treehouse Lives really merit their own existence, right? It's cool to see these games in action beyond just the CG trailers or whatever was shown during the Direct. But when they get randomly dropped on an inconspicuous Thursday, you have to ask, 
why especially yeah. with the game the main game that is like headlining the treehouse live is only coming out in a few weeks <laughs> like it doesn't really seem worthwhile to me and likewise i know that there's a lot of hype for harvestella but why is it in the treehouse live format why can't they just put out a gameplay trailer it just seems like a very bizarre format and I just mm. get the vibe, the more that Nintendo just keeps dropping these random Trials Lives, that they don't know what to do with this formula anymore. Like, without the context of E3, what is the reason for these? Right, and there I is think no it's reason. Worth, <laughs> I was going to say, and I think, Campbell, what you just said kind of alludes to, to something that Nintendo has done very well. Nintendo, like... like the, the, When the Treehouse presentations were first coming out, it was kind of revolutionary. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, holy crap, we're getting like this very in-depth behind-the-scenes look. Like, they're being very candid about, like, development, and the, and the presenters are always very, you know, very good and very interesting. It's like, like, at the time when they first started doing these, and I don't know, I don't know if it's a, uh, who's the, sorry, just, I'm trying, I'm looking behind me in my bookshelf trying to remember, like, is it an Iwata thing? Did he come up with the Treehouse Yeah, Lions? he came up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So it's like, Maybe it's tied to the loss of Satoru Iwata. Like maybe ever since his his passing, they haven't quite known. Like, okay, what do we do? We continue the legacy. Do we do we keep these going? Like, what do we? How do we implement these into our regular releases? I don't know. Like, do you think that has something to do with it? I most, mean, most likely. I have to say, I feel because... like I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like my opinion is going to be different from you guys. But I think COVID kind of killed this concept. Oh sure. Oh, yeah, yeah where that's fair. The industry has now changed where there's kind of no need for this in a sense. Right. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Unless if you're going to have like the developers on and they're talking about the game and there's like interesting stuff about it. There's there's no reason to just not do a trailer. Again, it's on some random Thursday in the middle of August, two weeks before this game comes out. Mm-hmm. Harvestella is different, I guess, because we haven't really seen much of it. But again, it's like an RPG. It's like, how much are they going to be able to show in a live stream segment that's going to pick up right. the pace, you know? It's it's an odd game to feature in something like that, especially when you're not having the developer on. At least we think, unless if someone makes an appearance or something, but I doubt it. It's just, it's odd. It's It doesn't work anymore or at least it doesn't Mm. work if you're not backed by like a trade show or there's something Mm. big before it exactly and i think the the, we've seen nintendo experimenting with the trios lives in the past few years with very very mixed results bakugan (laughs) yes we were taught as we were discussing before the show who can forget um the time that nintendo announced the trios live for i think it was uh paper mario color splash right or not uh uh, origami Origami. Origami yes and they said that stay tuned for a new game announcement (laughs) by way forward after the the paper mario showcase and rumors were flying like it's gonna be castlevania they're doing metroid and they've made bakugan and i think that (laughs) moment probably demonstrated Mm -hmm. that the treehouse format is kind of lost 
and mm-hmm. it hasn't really been able to find its way because i think you you absolutely nailed it mark the main thing that made this feel so unique was not just getting a long uh, gameplay demonstration but also having the developers on hand to describe the game talk about it give a, a behind the scenes look at it so you're not just seeing what the game is like in action but you're learning more about what went into it like it's those kinds of touches that make it feel more like a worthwhile experience for a fan to watch meanwhile mm-hmm. for what we're going to have here you know we will be playing the single player mode of splatoon 3 in a few weeks and harvestella is it's an rpg a genre that is not entirely amenable to live stream demonstrations <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah a lot of these games just don't like it's not like you know with the first splatoon game when we didn't even know what splatoon was it was like it was cool to see it live because we finally got an idea of what the game was and its deeper mechanics and the same goes for like smash ultimate and how they had sakurai on and he was demonstrating certain moves you could do that they updated from the wii u game and it was like these were worthwhile things to tune into mm-hmm. but then like what are you gonna do with splatoon 3 like this literally the bullet pointed list that they made sounds like stuff that was just from the nintendo direct like is there really going to be anything new in this Exactly. Well, and it's it's funny, and again, because we we just got the, the Splatoon three direct like mm-hmm. a week very ago, recently. Yeah. a week ago, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's tricky, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, I get it that they really want to go all out on the marketing for this game because Splatoon three is going to be huge. But is this really the best format to show off the single player campaign? Can't you just do like a standalone story trailer for this and to get and make just as much of an impact? Because I think again, calling back to Sonic Forces, we've seen that it's not Sonic Forces, Sonic Frontiers. In fact, I'm having even more traumatizing ideas in mind. But <laughs> talking back to Sonic Frontiers, I think we've seen firsthand this summer that deep dive gameplay demonstration are not always the best way to show off your game especially for a single player game it's Mm -hmm. like why do we want to see what's going on in the story and stuff like don't splatoon fans like are they going to tune into this because i I won't like (laughs) like i don't want to i don't want to see the new stuff that's in the story mode because it's always surprising what they do with the level design and the characters and the dialogue so it's like i don't want to tune into this i don't want to see any of it like, I don't care. Harvestella, sure. I, I want to take a look at it because I'm interested in what the game will offer with its the world is about to explode and we're harvesting crops or whatever the heck is going on. Like <laughs> there's something there's something there that is interesting me and we haven't seen anything of it since the last uh, Nintendo Direct. So Right. I'm curious. So maybe I'll tune in, maybe I'll see a recap. But for the Splatoon segment, no thank you. Like we don't need more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Agree, especially this close to, and again, we're now we're kind of talking in circles here, but especially this close to release, it seems like a really odd. Well, especially we're going to get our hands on the game next week for the demo, so it's like why? There's just no point to it. It's it's sort of a baffling decision. I agree. They're they're really trying to use this as. Uh, an alternate marketing tactic tactic for these games but i think it's just showing it's being worn thin especially like we already talked about the bakugan example but recently i think we had an even more uh damning instance of how this formula just doesn't really work and that's because uh shortly after the live alive uh there was a big trailer at the recent direct as a third party direct i believe or the uh uh, partner showcase presentation and then they, they put out a treehouse live showing like 30 minutes of live alive gameplay 
mm. on the same day that they put out a demo for Live Alive, and they just yes. played segments <laughs> from the demo on it's it. Like, uh, it's like, it was, what no is purpose. the purpose here? Yeah. They did show snippets of sections that weren't in the demo, but it was like, was that really required at this point, you know? Like, they just don't know what to do with it anymore. So, again, kind of talking in circles here, but it's just a very strange thing for Nintendo to do at this point. Mm -hmm. Especially when they got the concept so down in, like, the past years, and then COVID mm -hmm. kind of just killed everything. Except for yeah. the Mr. Sakurai Presents. Those were always fantastic, but, you right. know. But otherwise else, it's like, I I just don't see a purpose to any... I don't see a purpose to the, the directs that focus on, like, a single game. Like, I don't think those should even uh, exist I'm, I'm going to push back on that a little bit, um, uh, just because I think... I don't know. Like, I think those are valuable, like, with, with the they're, proper context. Yeah, they're valuable with the proper context, but, like, even the Splatoon one that just dropped, it was, like... Could have been a press release. Like I feel like there was so much just like kind crammed of, into but I mean, it. Where it was listen, like this I, is I, this is what the splatter shot does. Here's how you play Splatoon. This is what it's about turf war. It's like right. we know all this. The people who are watching this know, and we don't care. It's like half of that info in that direct could have been a press release or like a small trailer that could have summed it up in like two minutes. I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Mark, but at the same time, I think that's more of an issue with the pacing of those particular directs rather than the format of mm -hmm. a game-specific direct altogether. Mark's out here saying this this direct could have been an email. Like he's, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happier that way, honestly. Even the, even the Xenoblade one, it was like, thank you, the spoiler direct. Why would I ever want to watch this? Mm, and I did it. Totally right there. Yeah. yeah. It was nice to see the mechanics more in depth, but again, this could have been a short trailer without any spoilers attached to it. Like, I mean, why do I want to see the first, an exploration of like well, the I mean, first listen, three as, chapters? I'll say this as as someone who like doesn't care about Xenoblade. Like, I watched that direct and I was like, oh, this actually got me excited about the games. Like, there's, I don't know, like there's there's a market for everyone, I guess. Which I yeah, I, of I, course. I, I suppose mm -hmm. that's what Nintendo is counting on, is like for the Splatoon 3 Direct, like, of course there's people who, who somehow miss the first two uh, uh, Splatoon games and who are interested in this third one. Like, of course there's, like, a, a, a market to, to reach. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, people. for the people for the people who are logging onto a live stream at 8 in the morning to watch this, they're not, mm. you know, they're not the audience that's like, what's Splatoon? Like, no, they're not true. logging in that early to, to watch this thing. That's true, especially with people going back to school these days. <laughs> me. Yes, I set my me. alarm at 6 a.m. to watch that Splatoon 3 Direct. I had hours of mental preparation before <laughs> watching that. That's awesome. So, I don't know. I, I guess I guess it seems as though the three of us largely agree that, like, there's... Either they got to shake up how they present these things or at least choose more carefully what games they decide to showcase. I think yeah. it's fair to say. It's exactly fair. I think the best way for treehouse lives to kind of regain that magic that they had right before covid is to once again just tie them to directs again so right. next time that we have a big direct those you know nintendo will put out a tweet saying hey watch this direct for a new trailer for breath of the wild 2 and then stay tuned for a 30 minute trails live right. gameplay demonstration with awanuma of breath of the wild 2 like that is exciting that's brilliant you when know? are you calling the date for that to happen uh march 3rd 2023 gotcha oh wow okay. the calendar. yeah that's bold, on bold, uh bold. what day is that thursday or something 
if it's a Thursday, that only adds more uh, more right credibility to the claim. Give, right give me a second. You on. said March third. That's yes, a Friday. You got to oh do March second. No, 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 no. That's March third. That's the day that the game comes out, and we have a Trials Live on March first because why not? How about that? Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. The game is okay, announced. Okay. The release date is announced two days before it comes out. Yeah, that exactly. That's that's <laughs> yeah, big big brain move. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh that's extremely good. Uh gentlemen, anything else we got to uh cover here before we before we wrap it for the night? Can't wait for Splatoon 2 in 2 weeks. Or not 2, I'm sorry. Splatoon <laughs> 3. <laughs> I was thinking 2 weeks. It's in 2 weeks, I believe. I was like, man, I Splatoon cannot 3. wait to yeah. pick up this game that's been out for 5 years. <laughs> cannot wait. It's about time. Honestly, it's about time when, we all played Splatoon 2. When does 2. that game when does that game even come out? I gotta, September uh, 9th. Okay, it is it's literally 2 weeks. I'm not About even, 2 yeah. weeks, yeah. yeah two about 2 weeks. weeks, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, and, of course, if you're still on the fence somehow uh, and you need more convincing, I suppose, tune into the Treehouse uh, <laughs> presentation for Splatoon 3. If you 3. just want to ignore everything we just said, yeah, please uh, tune in to <laughs> Splatoon 3. <laughs> just literally watch oh any gosh. trailer that is available. Uh, yeah, or, you know, any of the various uh, Splatoon 3 uh, uh, media that has come out in the last several several weeks. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on GoombaStomp.com. Uh, I'm currently reviewing a game that I cannot talk about, but I'm very excited to write about in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned for that. Uh, also written recently about Demon Throttle, a game I very much enjoyed, uh, even though it is only a physical-only game. And, of course, Cult of the Lamb. You can check out my little tongue-in-cheek tips guide and my full review of that game as well. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel, that of course Mark with the C, Cal the K over on GoombaStomp.com. You can find my recent coverage for Kirby's Dream Buffet. I have a review and a tips guide that is now up. I also have a lot of coverage for Xenoblade Chronicles. I'll have the review up soon. It's been very, very long, that review. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of guides around it. Um, if you want to check out a great article that the website published this week, Marty, who we'll hopefully have on the show soon, uh, he had his four-year-old nephew rank the, uh, or not rank, but give his opinions on every single course in the Mario Kart Booster Course uh, Pass, the Wave 2. It's really good, the article, so go check that out. Love that. Shout-outs to Marty. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG, and if you're not satisfied with my social media feeds, you can also find my games writing over at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, check out a written review of Live Alive from a few weeks ago, as well as an indie game spotlight coming out on the near horizon, so stay tuned for that. And hey, once again, if you want to hear my thoughts about Dwarf Romantic from however many months ago I threw that in an indie spotlight, you know, go search that up on the site. Take a look. I love that. Uh, and N Express is also on social media. We're at, on Twitter at Express Nintendo. And of course, available to rate, review, all of those things on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're listening to this right now, throw a little review on there. Throw a, throw a five star rating. Or, you know, listen, we'll take a one star rating if you think we deserve it. But, uh, you know, I want to I see, see some new ratings over on the uh, podcast review uh, areas. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. And of course, we will catch you next time.